Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today we take a quick look at foot drop. I'm sure you all have vivid memories of your house year, the joys of being paid, offset by the responsibilities and hours spent being an actual doctor. I have no doubt that you can all recall cases and situations from that time, and in many cases, that first year as a doctor may have formed your future career direction. There are many things I recall from my house jobs, but one thing that I associate with that year is Inspector Morse. I was not working anywhere near Oxford, nor had I found myself in a picturesque part of the country with a disproportionate amount of interesting murder mysteries. It was because the start of my house officer year coincided with the publisher D'Agostini putting out a weekly magazine on Inspector Morse. Each magazine covered an episode and was accompanied by a copy of that episode to watch. So there were 33 in total, and I collected them from W.H. Smith's each week. I'd not previously watched Inspector Morse, being more of a Poirot and Bergerac fan, but this seemed like a good deal, and I thought that I could use these feature-length murder mysteries as a welcome distraction from the trials and tribulations of being a house officer. And indeed, they did just that being able to disappear into Morse's old world of Oxford, Real Ale and Times crosswords was the perfect antidote to medicine. And still, to this day, I will favour a rerun over some of the more modern offerings when in need of a brain cleanse. Now, I mentioned Morse and his approach to solving crimes in a previous podcast. Less glamorous than many TV detectives, and certainly favouring the little grey cells rather than the brawn, but there's always been a clinical finding that I have associated with Morse, or to be more precise, to John Thor, the actor who played him. And every time I watch him, it reminds me of this. So, in addition to watching a top-quality detective series, Morse supplies a little bit of CPD at the same time. Take a look at John Thor walking when seen in a wide shot, and you will see that he has a foot drop. He has to sway his hips slightly to enable his foot to clear the ground on push-off, and then he has to flick as he extends the hip and knee forward before his foot slaps onto the ground. This gait is needed because of a lack of power in foot dorsiflexion on that side. Being unable to dorsiflex the foot means the foot and toes will not clear the ground during a normal walking gait, so this waddle and flick is adopted to enable the foot to clear the ground and prevent tripping. There are often long talking scenes between Morse and his Sergeant Lewis in which they're discussing the case while walking around a picturesque part of Oxford, so you get to have a good look at his gait, and in a way, I find his way of walking quite deliberate and in keeping with his character. Indeed, there is debate online as to whether Morse had a limp in the books because of John Thor, or whether John Thor was method acting the limp 
for the part. But in a biography written by his widow, actress Sheila Hancock, Thor's limp was attributed to a childhood accident. Be that as it may, it is a good example of foot drop, and so I thought I would look at this and see what we need to know from the urgent care perspective. The first thing is to mention the importance of watching a gait. We can learn a lot from how a patient walks, especially after a lower limb injury, but also after a back injury, or perhaps in relation to a neurological condition. So the consultation starts as you call the patient from the waiting room, unless they're already in the room, in which case it's important to remember, where possible, to mobilise the patient. A foot drop occurs due to the loss of power to the dorsiflexors of the foot. There are a number of possible etiologies to consider. We need to be aware of the common fibular nerve, also called the perineal nerve, as well as the sciatic nerve, and all the way back to L4-S2 nerve roots. Compression across these nerves can cause a foot drop. When considering a foot drop in urgent care, I think we need to split it into trauma and non-trauma. So let's start with trauma. The path of the common fibular nerve is close to the fibular head, and so it is quite exposed. Direct trauma, or even prolonged direct pressure, can result in a foot drop. Knee injuries and direct blows to the fibula require us to assess dorsiflexion to exclude a foot drop and dorsiflexion weakness. We should be suspicious and comment on function in any case of fibular head fracture. It's also possible for the nerve to be injured iatrogenically in a total knee replacement. Trauma to the sciatic nerve and lumbrosacral region might also result in a foot drop, so again, dorsiflexion is an important part of your spinal and hip examination. In urgent care, we might be seeing people on day one of their injury, but also we might be reviewing people down the line, so looking out for foot drops in the post-trauma patients at all times is important. Also, in people with lumbrosacral pain, regardless of trauma, we should be checking. Now, for non-trauma causes, these are the important differentials to consider. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis can initially present with a painless foot drop as the first part of that progressive disease. You might see a foot drop as part of a more central problem like a CVA or brain tumour, and of course we must remember non-traumatic causes of nerve root compression like spinal tumours. In these instances, an isolated foot drop would be rare, so you would likely see it as part of a bigger picture. Foot drop can be part of a mononeuritis related to various conditions, including rheumatoid and other autoimmune diseases, as well as AIDS, and it can present as part of a Guillain-Barre syndrome progression. Diabetes and peripheral ischemia must be on our differential list as well. And interestingly, somatization of a foot drop is possible. So in people who have been extensively worked up, a psychiatric cause can be the underlying factor. Interestingly, while Sheila Hancock acknowledged John Thor's injury as a cause of his foot drop, 
Apparently, as a child, before the injury, he had a grandfather with a foot drop gait, and John used to mimic him. So, in cases of potential trauma to the innovators of the dorsiflexors of the foot, or a post-op knee patient, remember to check dorsiflexion power. And if you identify a foot drop without trauma, there are a number of differentials for us to be considering. But what do we do about it? Well, in the presence of trauma, we need to be speaking with orthopaedics. While some cases are managed conservatively, they should have orthopaedic review and further imaging. In the isolated non-trauma cases, it is likely best we speak with the on-call physicians as, in addition to bloods for the various causes, imaging is required, and this type of workup, I think, goes beyond us in urgent care. While this might be done in the outpatient context, I think getting acute medical team advice first to get the ball rolling is important. So my summary take-home would be, always watch your patients walking, and if they walk like Morse, think foot drop. Always check for dorsiflexion power in cases of lower limb trauma and back or hip injury, paying particular attention to fibular head injury. Foot drop after trauma, speak with the orthopods. For non-trauma foot drop, consider the differentials mentioned above when performing the rest of your clinical exam and refer accordingly but there are a number of significant causes that need workup, so do not miss them and refer early. I've linked in the show notes to the Stat Pearls page, which is worth reading. And if you've never watched Inspector Morse, then I would highly recommend it, not only to see a good example of a foot drop, but as a good antidote to fast-paced modern TV dramas. In an interview I once read with the Time Team archaeologist, Professor Mick Aston, he was asked the best way to relax. He replied, sitting in front of a fire, morse on the television, glass of red wine in the hand. And I'd have to agree with Mick. Now we'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening.